Good morning, Castle Hill Church. My name is Greg Hintz. I'm Mark. And I'm Damien. We represent three generations of the Hintz family. And we've been attending Castle Hill Church for the last 40 years. Except for Damien, who's not quite that old yet. It's our privilege to welcome you to Church Online today for this special service. Today's service is extraordinary because we are celebrating Father's and Father's Day. Family is very important to us and we enjoy sharing time together. One of the special memories that I remember spending with Dad and, and Damien is our sailing holidays. So we've chartered a boat up at the Whit Sundays a couple of times and, and spent some amazing time swimming and snorkeling and sailing up there, which has been fantastic. Another memory going back a little bit further was when I was a teenager. I saved up and bought myself a small sailing boat, a laser, and Dad and I used to often sail that out on the water. Um, the funny thing was, though, that I would always be nice and warm, and Dad would be up the front, uh, protecting me from all the waves, holding and being my ballast, um, and he'd be freezing and shivering, and I'd be nice and warm at the back. But lots of special times, and I uh, yeah, treasure those memories. Hmm. One of my special memories with our family has been our trip to Cambodia, which we did a few years ago. And on that trip, I had some amazing memories from riding elephants' backs to seeing amazing temples or being chased by monkeys in the forest or jungle. Some great memories from that holiday. When I think of special memories, I think of the days when we used to go camping. Camping down at Maruya. Shirley's parents would come down as well, and we'd just enjoy fishing and swimming and enjoying the sunshine. And then after that, we were given a truck and we converted that truck into a motorhome. And so many weekends and school holidays, we'd just head off and enjoy beaches, sun, and relaxing. It was a great time and great family time. I have lots of good memories in that truck. It's also interesting to look at the personality and character traits that we share and that we've passed down from father to son. I know dad loves his workshop and loves making things, I enjoy fixing things. I often pick up things on the side of the road and fix them up, and I really enjoy fixing things. And Damien's a bit more creative. He likes designing and building and creating things, uh, often with his 3D printer. I know one of his projects this year was his designer technology project in which he has made a water storage device which uses multiple uh, bottles, like PET bottles, that are latticed and matrixed together to form a, a water supply. So that's been a challenging project for this year. Mm. Yeah, one of the things that I like doing as a family that we've done together is a lot of camping. We all like quite like our camping. And I can remember some early camps before I even started Duke of Edinburgh. We went on a, I don't know, we called it the Silver Deer Walk, but it was, it was, yeah, it was a tough walk, but it was lots of fun. And recently, Dad and I were able to go on the Overland track earlier this year for my Gold Deer V. And I had some amazing memories from that and seeing, seeing some amazing sights, especially from the top of Mount Ossa and Mount Cradle Mountain. So some really good memories of... I know, being with my fathers and camping. When I think of doing things with my dad, um, I think of the, of the growing up years. We lived uh, in, the, in um, a bush area, forest all around us. One of my favourite activities was to cut trees down. A lot of people wouldn't like the idea of that these days, but I was allowed to cut down as many trees as I wanted to. And... Uh, to just make a little bit of extra money, Dad and I would go tree timber cutting in the school holidays at the end of the year. 
he would cut a scarf in the trees and then we would both get on the long saw and pull it back and forth. And these are special times. We would just batch for the time and uh, enjoy spending the time together and all great memories. I can remember when you bought me my first axe. So we were in Narromine and I remember you had to put an order in. I think it was a government stores order through the school. And we waited for the truck to come and got it delivered. And I still have that little axe today. So, yeah, cutting wood is something that you taught me. <laughs> yes. Um, so we might not all be able to share Father's Day with our fathers this, this weekend. Um, but it's be nice just to take some time and just reflect on our fathers and the impact that they have on our lives and just be appreciative of, of the impact that they have had. We have a Heavenly Father and our Heavenly Father loves us more than, more than we can ever imagine and uh, He wants to prepare a home for us where there will be joy and happiness and uh, just a wonderful home together with all of our family. So we welcome you to Castle Church. Hope you have a great, enjoy the service great today and hope you have a great Father's Day tomorrow. Hey Castle Hill Church, it's great to see you again and to be back in church once again to speak into your lounge room, into your iPhone, into your car, wherever you are right now. We just want to thank you for journeying with us through this time and for being part of this church family. I know many of you are reaching out to each other and connecting, inviting people over to your homes catching up for Bible studies in small groups. I heard about a, a Sabbath school that's been meeting the whole way through in someone's house, and I think that's just so awesome. Uh, I've been able to join in with our youth Sabbath schools and connecting with our young adults and our young people, our children at, at church, through school and through all our Bible studies that have been running right through as well. But there's just nothing like being together here in this place. There's nothing like being together, seeing all the faces, singing together, worshipping our God. Hopefully one day we can do that soon. We look forward to that opportunity, but for today, we're meeting here. We're coming to God. We're coming to be with Him. We're coming to learn from His Word. We're coming to worship Him in song from our own lounge room, from our own car, from wherever we are. Today is Sabbath. Tomorrow is Father's Day, which is pretty special. And for some of you, you may know, well, probably everyone who's watching this right now, unless you're visiting, I just want to welcome you if you're visiting Everyone else who's coming from Castle Hill Church today, you'll know that Sarah and myself, we will be parents officially in about a month's time, which is crazy. Four weeks now, four weeks technically on Sunday will be the, the due date. So very nervous and excited and, and apprehensive about the unknown future that we're about to face. I'm about to learn firsthand what it means to be a father. I'm about to learn what it means to be a parent and to take on another level of responsibility. And Sarah and I have been having so many conversations, super excited about where that's going to go. We have been asking for advice from many people and we've heard some different advice. We've heard people say, well, you'll have no idea what you're doing. Um, we've heard people say, sleep as much as you can because pretty soon you're going to be super tired. And I'm trying to still work on that one. I need to get a little more sleep, I think. Uh, go on as many date nights as you can. So Sarah and I have been trying to get in, if possible, on a Thursday night. We might go out for dinner or something. And they say that it is the best thing that will ever happen to you. And also Pablo gave some advice to me, Pastor Pablo, saying make sure you are there for Sarah in the first four weeks and just give her as much support as you possibly can. So we're sort of trying to gather all of these different bits of information and take what we can and apply it as we head into being a parent. 
And some of the things that I picked up about parenting is, first of all, parenting is hard. It sounds like it's an intense mission um, to embark on. Having kids is a wild ride. They're, uh, they're kind of a part of you. They're a part of who you are. And for all the parents here, you will be probably either relating to this or agreeing or maybe having a slightly different view. But they become a part of, they're a part of you living in your house, which is amazing. Um, they take our hearts and we have a whole new appreciation of love. They give us so much joy. And parents would give up anything for their kids. They would, they would give up their life for their kids. And last of all, say goodbye to your own life and your own freedoms. I'm, I'm just, yeah, really excited. It's going to be so much fun. Today, I just want to start off reading out a verse and then introducing this, this topic that we're going to be heading into for the next month. This verse is coming all the way from John chapter 15. Whoopsie, so just a tag came out. John 15. Oh, perfect. There it is. So if you want to open up your Bible and read along, we're going to be reading from about four different places in the Bible today, three primarily. First one today is John chapter 15. This is the part where Jesus is looking to his disciples and he's talking about having connection with the vine, being connected to the vine. So John chapter 15, we're going to read now from verse 9. So if you've got your Bible, your iPhone out, go ahead and open that up right now and we can read together. You can read it at home. Um, We might maybe have it on the screen. We'll see. John chapter 15 and verse 9 says this. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one other than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. When I hear that, a few things stand out to me. First of all, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. There's something so central to the whole kingdom the whole way that the kingdom of God operates, it all boils down to this one point called love. It's so central to the whole way that God operates. Secondly, something that stands out to me here is verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Because Jesus was the perfect example of love for us. He showed us what true love is. That's a question I like to ask young people when they say that they're in love. I say, is it true love? (laughs) Because there's so much depth to love. God has given us so much teaching on that, so much insight on what love really looks like. And Jesus said, you know what? Greater love has none other than this than to lay down your life for your friend, for someone else. Now think about all of our parents here who are watching right now. You might be sitting on a chair. You might have your kids with you. Maybe they're off working on some other place in the world. But I just want to say good work, congratulations, and a lot of honor to you for giving up your life to raise your kids. It is a sacrifice. A beautiful one, I'm sure, but good work for doing that. Sarah and I are about to give up our lives, and it's going to be wild. This uh, new month that we're heading into, September, 
we're going to be looking at a series that we've called Arrows. We got a really cool uh, inspiration from another church where they'd, they'd made this whole series on Arrows and it goes for six different sermons. We've only got four. We're going to do our best within the next four weeks to talk about parenting, to talk about raising up children, shooting towards a target with our parenting, but also raising up kids in parenting for eternity, raising up kids that will honor God, raising up kids that will will turn their hearts towards him, that will be in union with God, that will be in strong connection with God, so that we, along with our children, can enjoy eternity together with God and Jesus our, our Lord. Today, I'm going to be speaking about rhythm, which is one of the R's in the, in the acronym for ARROW. Next week, Tracy's going to be coming in. Tracy Weijay Singh, we're looking forward to hearing from you. And she's going to be speaking about AIM. But today, rhythm is the topic. And we're going to be learning a few other interesting things as we head further into this topic. We'll have Pablo finishing off our series as well at the end of the month to close off with some well-seasoned wisdom to speak about parenting. The definition for rhythm is a strong, regular, reoccurring sequence of events or actions, movements or sounds. When I think about that, that description of what the word rhythm means, and then when I connect it with family, I think about, you know, brushing your teeth, cleaning your room, doing your homework, going to bed, waking up. I remember as a, as a young person, mum would come in and, come on, Nicholas, wake up. And I'd be laying there as a teenager, still, you know, growing heaps in the night. And she'd pull my blankets down and I'd be freezing cold. I had to jump out of bed every day. It was like a rhythm. And each day there was, there was a pattern of events that would happen in our family that formed who I am today. Some of those patterns that, that happened in our family were beautiful. Some of those patterns I remember, one that was really dear to me as a, as a really young boy, I'd come out in the morning and I'd see my dad sitting on our big leather couch and he'd have his, his Bible out and he'd have this other book that he really loves. If you haven't heard of it, it's called The Desire of Ages and it's a great book about Jesus. So he had that story, The Desire of Ages, and he had his Bible out and he'd read those things every morning. And I'd come out and I'd sit next to dad in that rhythm that he had and I'd pull out... Um, I don't know, a, a picture book or whatever I had, and I'd be looking there, reading my book with Dad in the morning, doing that rhythm with him, and I was learning from him, from the rhythm that we had in our family. There's a rhythm to the way that God's kingdom works too. There's a rhythm to the way that he has set up for us to live. Every morning, there's a sunrise. Every night, there's a sunset. We relax, we go to sleep, we wake up, we take a new breath, we start a new day. We have no idea what the future holds, but God says, I'll provide for you if you seek first the kingdom. There's a special rhythm that he has set up and established for us to live in. When Jesus was talking in John 15, he said, if you come to me and if you abide in my love and if you are connected with me, you will be able to live inside of that rhythm and you will start to produce fruit. Today, as we go on in through the next few verses, I'm not going to be speaking too much about advice for parents, but I want to speak first to our souls and to our hearts from the Bible. How does God want to parent us? How does he want to be our father? How does he want us to be living in his rhythm so that when we turn to our children, like Sarah and I will soon, we're able to hand down what he's handed to us? How can we live in that rhythm with God? I want to read this beautiful verse today. Second verse here is Matthew 11, 28 to verse 30. And this here is from the Message Bible because it's just such a well-said 
in such an interesting way of rephrasing this verse. It's a classic one that we all know. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. We know that version, but this one here is slightly different. This is the Message Bible. So I'm going to go ahead and read that out now. And I want you to listen to this and the way that it's phrased. It's, it's got a beautiful phrase in it. It says this, Are you tired, worn out, burdened out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'm just going to pause there. It reminds me of that verse in the middle of Psalm 23 where he says, the Lord is my shepherd, etc., etc. He restores my soul. He doesn't just provide relief temporarily, but he restores deep restoration for our soul. Get away with me and you'll recover your life, Jesus said. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. What a beautiful phrase, the unforced rhythms of grace. It just makes me think of going out into nature with the pathfinders or or by myself when I go rock climbing with Joel or some other youth. Whenever we get outside and spend that time out in nature, even just just this last Sunday, I went out for a motorbike ride with... um, Luke Thompson and Craig and we were just out there in the wilderness riding up Putty Road and you can just see the wind sweeping over the trees in the valley and all the, all the trees sort of swaying together and when you go and you're laying there in, a, in your tent on a Pathfinder camp and you can hear all, all the noises at night of all the different animals around and you can hear the creek trickling along. There's a rhythm and there's a, and there's a life in the world that God has created but this rhythm travels beyond the created order into the life that he's called us to live which Eugene Peterson calls so nicely the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. When I read through this, this verse, I just see this one thing coming through over and over. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn. I won't lay anything on you, but keep company with me and you will learn to live. I hear union. I hear relationship. I hear walking with, working with, keeping company with. And that is how we can learn the unforced rhythm of grace. We're going to turn now to our second of our three big texts, going across to a classic Beautiful story that we all know and probably hold dear to our hearts. Turn with me to Luke chapter 15. In Luke chapter 15, we hear the three parables back to back. First of all, the lost sheep. Second of all, the lost coin. And then last of all, the son, the prodigal son. There was a man who had a son. He had two. Verse 12, And the youngest son said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a faraway country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the field to feed pigs. 
and he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. Finally, he came to himself and he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I'm perishing here with hunger. He finally came to his senses and he remembered the rhythm. He remembered that unforced rhythm in his family home where even the servants were treated with honor. Even the servants were were blessed and they had food on their table. Even those at the lowest rank were cared for, loved and looked after. He remembered that unforced rhythm. When I hear this story, I think about that, that psalm where, or that, that, that verse in, in Revelation where Jesus is talking to the seven churches and he says, come back to your first love. I think that's what the son was doing. As a kid, I've seen down here in the primary school, these children love their parents. They love them. And then they get into high school and something sort of changes and now they think they know better and, and then they're off, you know, I don't want to listen to my parents and I'm sure that any of you who have teenagers probably know what that feels like. But in that early stage of childhood, Children just look up to their parents and they just long to be loved by their parents and they just long to be seen as the, as the precious, beloved child. And as they grow, something changes and they go on their own way. And, and I did that too. And we go off and we discover what we need to discover. And, and God releases us kindly and allows us to go. And our parents, we have to release as well when the time comes. But I think in this story, the youngest son remembered his first love. He remembered dad. He remembered the the heart of his father. He remembered that his father really loved him. He remembered that his father even loved his servants, everyone. And he remembered that beautiful feeling of security and safety and peace that came from living in that unforced rhythm of that family unit. I mean, we know what this story is about. Jesus said, it's what the kingdom is like. He was telling us about God and about you and about me. The son finally comes to his senses and he's sitting there thinking, man, I'm perishing here with hunger. Verse 18, I will rise and I will go to my father and I will say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. And he starts to prepare this little, this little prayer speech that he's going to give back to God like we often do when we do something wrong and we come to God and we have a little speech of how we're going to try and justify ourselves and, and earn our way back. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, dad was there like he always was. He was there like he always had been. He was always looking out, hoping that that son would come home. He had a role and he filled it faithfully every day. And God wants to fill that role faithfully for you as your father. Jesus was telling this for our benefit. He was saying, this is what it's like for you when you come to God, when you return to Him, when you come back to take that place within the family. He's waiting for you. That's the whole purpose of this story. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and he felt compassion. And he ran and embraced him and kissed him. I look at that and I just think, man, how often do we come to God with our prayers and come like an orphan? Lord, if you can hear me up there, please, could I have one more scoop of food? You know, we, or or maybe we come to God like, like we're a slave and we, and we don't want to bother God. And we, Lord, my, my great 
heavenly Father. And, and we try and put all the airs in and, and, and we gently slip our tiny request in and hope that maybe, just maybe, the Master will give us what we're asking for. But in this story, Jesus isn't talking about a father like that. He's talking about a father who runs out and just hugs and kisses his son, who's gone off and squandered everything. It's not about what he did, but it's about him returning and coming home to that family, coming home to that unforced rhythm, coming home to be in union with his father, coming home to be one with his dad. So the father ran out, still a long way off. He saw him, he felt compassion, and he ran and embraced him and kissed him. In verse 21, and the son got ready to say his speech to the dad. Father, uh, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I no longer am worthy to be called your son. And he went to take a breath and keep speaking, but the father cut him off and just started speaking. The father said, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for this son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. When I think about this story, I just think, what happened to us in our life? What happened to us when we look at God with this picture of him being cold? What happened? What happened in our journey where we think that union with God is some kind of religious thing? What happened in our journey where we look at God and we think that he's expecting, you know, certain behaviors from us, otherwise we're not good enough to earn his company? What happened? What lie did we buy into? Because this is the story right from the mouth of Jesus. I mean, if you look in the Bible right there, it's red letters. He said that. Jesus himself. And he said, this is what it's like. He longs for that connection, that union, that relationship with you. He wants to give you his love. He wants to have connection. He wants to have you back as his child. You know, going back to the early advice that people gave me, part of who you are is born into your child. And parents give up everything for their kids. They look at their kids and they see part of themselves. They they, they're so willing to sacrifice for those children. And God has said, like it says in 1 John 3 verse 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has given to us that we should be called his children. He looks at you like that. He looks at you like he sees that sun coming over the hill. And he's like, there's a part of me in there. I'm running out there to rescue. I'm running out there to save this moment and to redeem this moment. Even though the son came in with a whole picture of how he imagined that the father was expecting him to be, the father just wanted that union. He just wanted that connection. With our last few minutes, I want to take you across to later in the book of John, when Jesus was there with his disciples in the last few days, and he handed over some really deep words to them, some really meaningful words that he prayed over them. And he didn't just pray privately off somewhere so that no one knew. He prayed in front of them all because he wanted them to take this and he wanted it to be written down and remembered for us, for his disciples, but for us too. We're going to read from John chapter 16 and 17, a couple of verses before we, before we wrap up today. John chapter 16. Okay, here it is. 
John chapter 16, verse 26. Or verse 25, we'll go from there. I've said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and believed that I have come from God. And Jesus says, listen, he loves you. I don't even have to go in there and, and try and convince him to listen to you. I'm not going to go in and say that because he himself loves you because you've loved me. When we love Jesus, we're part of that family. We're invited into that union, into that unforced rhythm. And John chapter 17, to close off today, I'm going to read a few verses here. John chapter 17, verse 20, down to 23. Jesus was looking at his disciples and he looked far into the future to you and to me. And he said these words. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So he wasn't just talking about his disciples. He was talking about you. When you believe, you're the one he's talking about in this prayer right now. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, as we are one. I in them, and you in me. That's beautiful. I in them, and you in me, God. The Father in Jesus, and the Father in Jesus in me. Union and closeness. That is what he invites us into. If we want to live, like it said in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest, but you've got to walk with me. You've got to work with me. You've got to have that union with me. I in you, and the Father in me, in you. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you, but keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. With all this responsibility placed on you as a parent, with all this responsibility that we're about to carry, we don't want to be living heavy. We don't want to be carrying around burdens when we're trying to raise up lively and vibrant children. These children of ours, these children that we will give our life for, if we want them to be living a life that's rich and free, we need to have union with God. We need Jesus in us and the Father in Jesus in us. We need to have that, that relationship, that walk with God, that work with God so that we can learn the unforced rhythm of His grace. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, today as we step into a new month, 
we step into a new topic, talking about raising children. Lord, as we, as we turn to you today, we know that you are our true father, that you're the father who can actually get us out of the sticky places that we find ourselves in. You're the father who, who says, I'll give everything for you. You're the father who came running out to that prodigal son. You're the father who welcomes us home. You're the father who wants union with us. And it's all through Jesus and we thank you. We thank you for what you did. So we bring ourselves to you today, God. We, we give everyone and we give, we give everything to you today. We give up all of these things that we carry, all of our burdens, all those things that make us so weary. We hand them to you, Jesus. We ask for you to take them. We know in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says that give all your cares and worries to God for he cares for you. We give these things to you, God. And just like it said here today in John 17, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. God, we ask for you to be in us. Please heal and restore our union with you, Lord, as a church family, as families. Whether or not we have kids, please help us to restore our union with you, God, and to heal our union with you. We give ourselves for union with you, God. We want to be taught by you as our Father. We want to be fathered by you as our God so that we can truly know how to raise up young people in freedom, in life, and in the unforced rhythms of your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.